This program is brought to you by the Practicing Law Institute, a nonprofit learning organization dedicated to keeping attorneys, professionals, and accountants at the forefront of knowledge and expertise. Happy 4th of July, Insecurities listeners. It's been a year since our first 4th of July special, and what a year it's been. There's been a presidential election and transition. We've watched the world begin to crawl out of the pandemic, and at least here in the States, we've been enjoying getting back to more normal activities. We've lived through the so-called Reddit rebellion and meme stocks mania, and now we're settling into what, for all intents and purposes, looks like it will be a very active SEC under new chair Gary Gensler. Along the way, we've had some noteworthy achievements here on the Insecurities Pod. We just released our 40th episode, a conversation with SEC Commissioner Caroline Crenshaw and Daniel hit the air horn. (laughs) We recently passed the 10,000 downloads mark, a huge achievement for the show and the amazing PLI team. We've also had some great guests, including SEC commissioners, a New York Times bestseller, and a writer for the hit Showtime show, Billions. And we've tackled some important issues, like promoting diversity and inclusion in the legal and accounting professions. This week on the Insecurities Podcast, we're going to reflect on how things have been going for Chris and me, both on and off the show. Kurt, it's been such an interesting 12 months since you and I tried to do our best to record an episode grill side, uh, <laughs> literally outdoors, uh, cooking various uh, yeah. meats and vegetables to get the sound effects right. But we thank our our producers at PLI for getting that uh, <laughs> that ironed out last year. <laughs> Just to touch on, you know, Kurt, you talked about 10,000 downloads, uh, you know, a major milestone for any podcast. And, and we're very lucky to have all of you guys listening and, and, and downloading and, and participating with us. A few quick stats for you guys. Uh, We have been downloaded at least one time in all 50 states, including the District of Columbia. Uh, You know, I think I think that should be a 51st state, but we'll save that conversation for another time. (laughs) We've also been downloaded in 63 countries, uh, which is quite shocking. You know, I know PLI has membership all across the globe, and and hopefully we've got some listeners there. But uh, I'm interested for those folks who have downloaded from Vietnam, Tanzania, Iceland, Malaysia, Norway. If if you're out there, you know, hit us up on on Twitter or LinkedIn. We'd love to hear how you listen to the show and and what you think of of what we do here back in the States. So we'd like to thank all of our listeners for coming on this journey with us over the past what's now been 18 months and, and 40 episodes. And one way we've seen a lot of engagement is is with you guys on the platforms you listen on. So the rating and reviews, you know, you podcast fans out there, you hear it all the time. We're super appreciative for everybody who can write in with their rating. You know, Kurt, I think we can both agree that in our professions, we're on the side of truth and justice. So <laughs> if you don't like the podcast, uh, rate it as you see fit. We've been been happy to get some, some good reviews and some good comments from you guys on, on Apple, as well as, you know, the participation on Spotify and other platforms. So, so thank you guys for letting us know how we're doing doing uh you know we appreciate your candid comments yeah with that we're also rolling out an official listener survey you know we've got a few questions we'd love to hear about you know your thoughts on the show 
be able to put some statistics around the types of listeners we have out there. And obviously, we've uh, made the strategic decision to leave uh, open narrative comment sections for you all to write yeah. in about your your favorite <laughs> topics, your least favorite topics. I don't think we did a rank choice voting segment on your favorite co-host. Feel free to write that in uh, as you'd like to. But you'll be seeing some messaging from Kurt and I, as well as from PLI in the coming weeks to check in on the listeners and, and conduct that survey. Happy early, I guess, 4th of July. As you mentioned up top, we are not grill side this year, but Mm -hmm. uh, we still want to take a step back, sort of enjoy the holiday weekend. For those of you who are tuning in from the car or or wherever you may be for the long holiday weekend, we wanted to just, you know, take a little bit of a lighter touch this episode. As as I mentioned up top, we are going to be taking a look back at all the things that have happened over the last year. For the Insecurities podcast, there have been a lot of milestones, a lot of firsts, and I think we're going in a good direction. I didn't I didn't realize that we had been downloaded in 63 countries. That, that That's right. has to count for something, right? But there's also been a lot going on uh, w- with me and, and Chris personally. And so we thought we would just take a few moments to kind of reflect on uh, on what's been going on both on the podcast and at home uh, and as we continue to kind of adjust to and, and deal with the, the pandemic. Things are looking better, but, you know, it's still part of our everyday life. So, Chris, you can go first. Why don't you tell us what's been going on with you over the last year or really just the last few months? Yeah, I think there's times in your life where you want to stand out and and kind of stay the course um, and, and be a a model that, that maybe doesn't fit into a convenient bucket. And then there's other times where you realize that you are just another statistic, Kurt. And right now, my <laughs> wife and I are one of those statistics where we have taken the, the leap and actually moved out of the, the, the Washington, D.C. area and, and relocated back to our, our homeland here in western New York uh, in Buffalo. So uh, one of the good things about the professions that we both work in and, and kind of what the pandemic has taught uh, ourselves and our employers is that we're able to to be responsive and productive from anywhere. And so there will be a shift for us as we get back up here. I I like to use the joke when I talk to clients and friends that nothing will really change except I might be a little bit more tired in November and December from shoveling snow. Um, But we're excited to to be closer to our friends and family up here and really kind of branch out, you know, professionally and personally uh, in the greater Western New York area. So it's been been great for that relocation. Uh, The the mobile podcast studio uh, was only two or three of the moving vans uh, that we brought our stuff up here with. So it's, it's been a big change. So, Kurt, I'm, I'm going to leave some space here. Insert all of the uh, you know requisite <laughs> Buffalo jokes you'd like to tell now. No, Just no, rattle no. Them off. <clears throat> I can't say anything. I to, you know, when we were talking before the episode, you were telling me that Buffalo is the third sunniest city in Western New York in July or, that, you know, some, yes, during night yeah, games so on, like, on a road yeah. trip. What else, could, what else could I possibly say at that point? It's a great, you it's would. a great place. And, and we welcome both uh, the love and, and the disrespect <laughs> that it gets nationally. No, I, listen, I, I completely appreciate where you are. You know, Chris, as, as you know, a couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I moved with our kids to Richmond, Virginia, which is mm-hmm. uh, where my wife grew up, where I went to law school. Um, you know, we love it here. I've always had a very DC centric 
practice. And yeah. so I've logged a, a lot of a lot of days, a lot of hours on Amtrak. You know, but the truth is my practice takes me um, all over the country, sometimes all over the world. And it is just as likely that I need to be at the SEC headquarters in DC as it is that I need to be in, in New York with a client or mm-hmm. in, you know, I don't know, Chicago or Houston or Miami, you know, pick your pick your favorite city. Yeah. Uh, you may find me there on, on any given day or for any given week, right? So I, I can tell you that I think, you know, in terms of your workflow, you're going to be you're going to be absolutely fine. You know, on some on some level, it doesn't matter where you sleep. That's right. But like you, I also realized that, uh, you know, there were some some new opportunities that that came out of COVID. You know, we're always looking for some of those silver linings and some of that mm-hmm. stuff, I think, just has to do with how we work. I mean, we've been recording podcasts remotely for 14 of of the 18 months we've been doing this 38 of the episodes exactly uh you know i think that everyone in their in their work life has transitioned to you know whether it's google meet or teams or Mm -hmm. zoom a lot more of that and and i think we're all rethinking how much we actually need to travel or where we need to to be to work and so out of that came a really a, a fantastic opportunity for me as some of our listeners may know uh, about a month ago now a month and a half ago now i joined the team at quinn emmanuel where i'm on the sec enforcement practice and i am uh, i will say resident in the washington dc office yep uh, <laughs> as much as I any of us can be right yeah exactly <laughs> uh, i actually went up for the first time uh, just a few days ago and it was Man, it was really good to be back in the city to actually be yeah. back in in an office, and I'm I'm looking forward to more of that. But I mean, the moral of the story is I'm still going to sleep in Richmond. Mm-hmm. I may be in DC one or two or five days a week um, yep. a- as much as I need to be, but it's just it's just a whole new world in terms of how we work and think about work. It's going to be funny, Kurt, as as you referenced, we haven't been recording together for a long time. It'll be weird seeing each other in Washington when our schedules overlap because it's been so long as, you know, we developed the podcast. We'd spent so much time kind of in the same room. That hasn't happened, right, in, in 15, 16 right. months. So we'll be uh, awkwardly uh, getting to know each other again at the Aubon Pan that we meet at somewhere <laughs> in, in Washington in the coming weeks. You know, I just want to uh, allay any fears that you may have. My sort of transition to spending more time in D.C. did sort of uh, intersect with your move away from D.C. Yes, but like, that's I do strange. not. There's, you know, <laughs> there's yeah, hey, no Kurt, causation there. Oh, it's, good. What what date are you moving? Oh, that's so strange. I just bought an Amtrak ticket for the wh- day after. That's what what do you, what do you accountants like to say? That's like correlation without causation or something like that. Isn't uh, yeah, there, isn't I mean, there a catchphrase? We'll get a, yeah. we'll get our prof- our professorial. <laughs> guests back on to do some statistical analyses. One of the things we wanted to cover today, and I know you and I have kind of been talking about this for a few weeks now, is really, you know, our our stable of episodes, if you will, are kind of starting to align themselves across a few different topics. And some of those buckets, as we've been calling them, have been super interesting. And and kind of one of the neat uh, outcomes of this is, as you know, a year ago, we were working on what's our next episode going to be? What are we going to talk about? And now we're kind of creating a more, you know, robust or, or, or diverse catalog of, of topics. And and some of those buckets, I think, are, are very prescient for our, our listeners, none more so than, than some of the very important people we've talked to. No, I completely agree. And and I want to talk about that. I mean, I will say it, I agree with you. It's been interesting seeing how things have evolved and learning what our listeners want to hear about, right? Yeah. So, you know, 
we've learned and hey, tell us if we're wrong again, hashtag insecurities pod. <laughs> but we've it. learned that our listeners uh, really like to hear about whistleblowers. They like mm-hmm. to hear about insider trading. They like to hear from SEC commissioners. And so we are trying to build more of that stuff into our programming. And, you know, on that point, look, we've been we've been very fortunate. We've mm. now had three sitting SEC commissioners on the show. That's right. Uh, and uh, as as I joked with the production team a couple of days ago, uh, we've also had enough former senior or high-ranking SEC officials on the show that I think we could now create our own shadow SEC from uh, from former insecurities guests. Um, which, you know, that could be a fun, a fun little exercise for us to do. But just thinking about the commissioners, I mean, it all started uh, back actually in February 2020 in the pre-pandemic days. We were fortunate to have as an early guest on the show, then SEC Commissioner Robert Jackson, along with Professor J.W. Verrett, um, who is, you know, continues to be a good friend of the show. Mm-hmm. And we talked with them about some market plumbing issues and naturally, uh, Star Wars. That's right. Uh, that, that sort of set us off on a on a good trajectory. Huh. Uh, this year, we've been lucky to uh, to welcome two more sitting commissioners on the show. In April, on episode thirty five, we talked with SEC Commissioner Hester Purse, uh, who who some of our listeners will know as the Crypto Mom. Uh, we were not talking crypto that day. We talked with Commissioner Purse about the Environmental, Social, and Governance, or ESG regulatory landscape and attempted to answer the question, is ESG about value or values? You're, you're very good with words, Kurt. We'll put it that way with titles <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, to be debated, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, in, in June on episode 40, to, to mark that, that milestone 40th episode, we talked with SEC Commissioner Caroline Crenshaw about regulation, best interest, Reg BI, our favorite, both of our favorite topics, right, Chris? Ding, ding, ding. Um, and we talked about uh, the role of SEC enforcement as well. And really, we were trying to, to sort of get at a question about whether the SEC is enforcing regulations or is engaged in the dreaded regulation by enforcement. Um, not sure that that anyone's ever going to agree on on That's that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not even maybe not even us. But it was a really great chat with Commissioner Crenshaw. One of the things I like the most about those kind of commissioner chats is that we've kind of given a, a platform to the individual commissioners to speak more freely than they might feel comfortable with giving a, a, a prepared remarks or a speech at, at a given conference. And I think it's fair to say that 95 to 99% of their responses are much aligned with both their their general thinking and and what we've heard from them in the past. But really pulling back the onion on some of those issues, I think has been at least enjoyable for me. And, and I know, Kurt, yeah. you and I are probably, you know, in the 90th plus percentile on those who follow commissioner speeches <laughs> out in the markets. But um, I think yeah, that's been absolutely. a really interesting kind of nuance to how we've been able to to focus in on some of those key issues and, and get some direct responses to questions that that other folks might be interested in. You know, I also think it's really interesting when we're talking with the commissioners to to sort of see a lighter side of them, which we always yeah. we're always careful to carve out some time to do. I mean, you know, I sort of made the comment jokingly about Star Wars, but I mean, it was fun to talk with Rob Jackson about <laughs> Star Wars. He's clearly a fan and like has some views, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, we were we were talking uh, with Hester Purse about uh, you know some odd jobs that she's had, and and she told us some jokes. I mean, it mm-hmm. was just awesome. And then of course um, with with Caroline Crenshaw, we talked about Broadway and 
and her audition for Les Mis when she was, you know, a young girl. So like you don't get that in the stock speech that they deliver at, you know, PLI's SEC Speaks conference or, or any of the other stages where you might regularly see a commissioner. Yeah. And for those of you listening through the podcast, you can't see the visual now, but I'm sliding out a soapbox and I'm going to stand upon it just for a short time, Kurt. I think that really matters a lot more as as people continually utilize the internet to debate and, and weaponize and, and be angry at each other. You know, you may disagree with the tack the commission's going, but these are humans doing doing their best and what they think yeah. they can do to to help the market. So I'm I really love getting to know them a bit better and, and their personalities. And hopefully we all can do that uh, better going forward. Now I'm I'm gonna step down from the soapbox, Kurt. You you can stand on it if you want. You know, we've got three sitting commissioners who who have not come on the show. So, you know, Alad Roisman, Allison Heron Lee, or Gary Gensler, if you're listening, if your staff is listening, we would uh we would love to have you on the show. So f- please feel free to drop us a line. That's right. And, and every commissioner that we've interviewed, well, I guess Rob Jackson's special, but Commissioner Purse and, and, and Commissioner Crenshaw, both are still in their position as commissioners. So it was not a, a, a painful or, or, or momentous uh, career decision for them. Fortunately for, for former Commissioner Jackson, he, he had already targeted his resignation prior to coming on the show. So we won't, we won't fault ourselves with that, Kurt. Again, correlation without causation, I think, in that perspective. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Uh, well, let's move on to another bucket, Chris. I think you want to tell us about some of the uh, deep dives that we've done here on the show. Yeah, and we focused on these few issues mainly out of personal interest. Uh, and what's going on in the markets, but they've really started to bubble up in terms of the episodes. We get the highest engagement from listeners on. We get the most feedback from from our professional colleagues and and personal colleagues in, in these areas and, and literally have really pumped the stats for us. Um, you know, our top episode of all time, uh, as well as another one in the top 15 relate to whistleblowing, um, mm-hmm. you know, way back in, in that <laughs> pre-pandemic era. Uh, which seems like a million years ago, we talked with a uh, you know practitioner Matt Stock, who kind of sits on the fence between our two worlds, and that he's both a CPA and a uh, a Bard attorney who represents individual whistleblowers uh, when they bring matters to light and, and helps them not only in in filing a claim or, or helping to to report, but also potentially receiving awards from from the programs that the government has for whistleblowers. And, right. and that was a great conversation just to hear about a practitioner's focus on the individual. You know, these individuals mm-hmm. are stepping out and and saying no when everyone else is saying yes. And they're trying to do what's best in their minds for the company that they work for and, and for those issues. And Matt's episode really talked about his specific practice. And I think that we've built that out in our discussion with, uh, you know, New York Times bestselling author, uh, Tom Muller, in his whistleblowing focus book, Crisis of Conscience, Whistleblowing in an Era of Fraud. He presented a much broader view, not just to focus on the SEC and, and the CFTC whistleblower programs like Matt's practice focuses on, but everything from, you know, uh, nuclear waste and government contracting issues to, you know, financial statement issues yeah. and and financial fraud in, in the, the 2008 financial crisis. And We've got a lot of feedback from folks and a lot of interest in whistleblowing. And, and I don't know, Kurt, if you felt similar about those episodes, but they've definitely got a lot of attention. No, I agree. Uh, they're a lot of fun to do. Uh, it, they they clearly are, are things that the listeners like, right? Because you, you do kind of go that next level. You know, we talk a lot about 
Reg BI, and we've sort of said the same overview a bunch of times now, so mm-hmm. people have a sense of what it is. But I mean, on the insider trading episode, we really went into it, and, and hopefully, right. folks have a better understanding. The same with the whistleblower rules and the whistleblower programs, and, and sort of the whistleblower experience. I think that um, listeners could take a lot away from those episodes. And I mean, the good news is we're going to be doing more deep dives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a, just a couple of weeks. We are going to be coming back on to talk about SPACs. Um, and I'm going to save all my good SPAC jokes for that oh, episode. God. We just need to, let's, <laughs> we'll get them all done up front guys. So you can just fast forward through the first exactly. you know, 90 um, seconds. And then uh, in the fall, we are actually going to have Jane Norberg come on the program. She was the head of the SEC's whistleblower office for years, and she's going to give us actually a a different perspective about Mm -hmm. the whistleblower program and rules. We've kind of talked about what it's like to be, you know, a practitioner in the space and what it's like to be a whistleblower. And she's going to talk to us about some of the things that companies, in-house counsel and compliance teams should be thinking about as they're building programs around the whistleblower rules. So the deep dives are going to continue. And hey, as long as they are useful listeners, please, you know, let us know, stay engaged. And if we're missing topics, I mean, definitely let us know because we would be happy to do them. One of the things that I've really gleaned a lot from our work on this podcast that, you know, was always kind of ancillary to my practice is really the infrastructure behind the commission. You know, we'd always dealt with the the odds on SEC enforcement action or the individual comment letter that a client that we're working with, uh, you know, receives. But I think we've done, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, a really good job of kind of walking through all of the different departments and offices and divisions and committees and, and a lot of those things in many of the episodes we've talked about. I agree. It It's sort of, you get a little bit of that in most episodes, but I, we try to take a step back from time to time and just say, hey, you know, maybe you don't know, um, what DIRA does or what yeah. OC does. Like he, he, here's what those acronyms mean. And, yeah, and here's, what those, yeah, here's, yeah, acronym. here's what those folks actually do. And I think it's, it's helpful. And so we have gone through a few episodes where we're talking about the SEC and then about their, their role as a markets regulator. Uh, so there are a few I'll just highlight quickly. Again, it, it's in a lot of episodes. We're not going to walk through all of them. These, I think, actually fall right into our fresh and wonky bucket. That's right, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know the the ones that I think are a little more are a little more fresh, right? A little bit more high level, perhaps. Um, in episode eighteen, we did a history of the SEC and talked about the SEC Historical Society with Jim Barrett. You know, I personally have gotten a lot of feedback from listeners who said that was really helpful. You know, I didn't I didn't quite know the history of the SEC in that way. And now it all makes a little bit more sense to me how it's evolved and and how they are operating now as a regulator. Similarly, in, in episode 22, we were focusing on you know the SEC broadly, where we did our SEC Speaks review show, you know, kind of recapping PLI's annual SEC Speaks conference. Uh, that was one of my favorite episodes last yeah. year where we we walked through some of our our top tweets and takeaways from uh, from the SEC Speaks program. In episode 25, we talked about the SEC Enforcement Annual Report. And in episode 29, we sat down to talk about some enforcement developments with King and Spalding's Russ Ryan. I mean, again, we're just sort of getting at how does the commission function? What do they do? What are the roles of the various divisions and offices within the SEC? 
some of the wonkier, but still some of my favorite episodes uh, <laughs> were, you know, if we think back last summer in episode 15, we had on Teresa Goody Guillen from Baker Hostetler, Usman Sheikh from Gowlings, and Jason Somensato, who at the time was with Zero X. Now he's heading up the CFTC's Lab CFTC initiative. But they came on to talk about distributed ledger technology and cryptocurrencies, uh, which again, a little bit wonky, but very, uh, very topical and, yeah. and interesting. We also did, I have to talk about episode 21, Trading Fast and Slow. This is really the beginning of our love affair with, with IEX. <laughs> we- it was extended to uh, you know both socks and hot sauce if you haven't checked out all of IEX's promotional products. I mean, not to mention we also uh, appeared together, Chris, on IEX's own podcast, Boxes and Lines. But on our show, uh, Trading Fast and Slow, we sat down and talked with John Ramsey from IEX and uh, Dan Eisman of MFS about things like high frequency trading, um, some market plumbing issues, and uh, and really kind of like fairness in the markets and how market innovation can help can help achieve that. Uh, of course, the, the last thing, and I'll put this in the wonky bucket, we've had a few episodes where we sat down with PLI's George Wilson, who heads up the SEC Institute, uh, and he just kind of brings us up to speed on current SEC reporting, compliance, and accounting developments, and we are actually looking forward to chatting with him again in August, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I think we should rename the SEC Institute to the Wonky Headquarters or something similar. <laughs> um, WHQ, yeah, that's sure. it. And Kurt, you know, you talked about a lot of the topics that our guests have come on from the SEC's perspective. I think it's laid a really good groundwork to understand all of the market questions that have, again, correlation without causation, have come up after we've we've talked about things like payment forward or flow and best execution. Nothing was more covered in the financial press in January yeah. and February than those issues. And that's For not, sure. you know, we were not on Wall Street bets trying to drive up interest in the topics <laughs> that we've talked about. Uh, nobody upvoted my post at all, at all. But yeah. you know, we're we're trying to get to the core issues that we see not only in the normal operation of the markets and of the commission and of kind of financial securities and regulatory environments generally, but these acute issues that pop up. You know, I I know I have a better understanding, and hopefully our listeners do too, of when they hear PFOF. What does that mean? You know, how is that driving decisions made by trading platforms or or the markets at large? And and I'm. That's one of those things where we we didn't set out to explain the issues that were going to come 6, 12, 18 months down the road. But that's right. been one of the you know fortunate uh, offshoots of, of what we've talked about. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then we also sometimes, uh, you know, step away from securities regulatory or, you know, decidedly securities regulatory topics and do some adjacent topics or, or maybe just related issues. Right. So tell us about some of those episodes. Kurt, you know, I'm a, I'm a glutton for pop culture references. Um, so we've had a, a, a great episode where we got to talk with uh, David Miller of Greenberg Trollerig about his role as the technical advisor on the Showtime hit show Billions. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard of, if not seen multiple episodes. I cannot imagine those Venn diagrams being, uh, you know, more overlapping. You know, hearing about not only the focus of the show on getting things right, but also the mm-hmm. actor's interest in making sure they're representing, you know, the yeah. profession and, and and the institutions that they're, you know, playing characters uh, as a part of has been, it was really cool to, to hear him talk about that. And of course he's got more, more war stories that didn't make the episode about being on set and, 
and, and his relationships with some of the actors, you know, both during filming and, and staying friends afterwards. So it's been great to hear. My favorite part of that episode, of course, was when he he very obviously agreed with me that the lawyers are the unsung heroes of the show. And, you know, Bobby and Chuck are really just I mean, they're sort of driving the narrative. But it's a show about securities regulation and lawyers. Right. That, I mean, that's right. That, yes. It's not about, you know, that's right. Yep. You're I, I can't see how anyone would interpret it any any other way. Kind of along that pop culture vein, too. You know, obviously, Kurt and I are, are big fans of the podcast medium as consumers of it. And and so we thought it'd be great to feature some of the other, uh, you know, related podcasts that we listen to regularly. And so back last, uh, last holiday time, we had on three of our favorite shows to share an episode and, and talk with us. Amber McKinney from Law 360, uh, Mandy Moody from Fraud Talk, and Andrew Jennings of the Business Scholarship Podcast. Uh, we highlighted some of their more recent episodes back then and also you know, their focus on being podcasters, how that's developed their practices, what interesting conversations they've had. So if you're looking for more content besides just insecurities, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the holiday themed title episode, a few of our favorite things, podcast you'll <laughs> love, which was episode 28. Yeah, it was a good episode. And, you know, again, kind of lighter episodes, which are nice to mix in every once in a while. You know, we can't just be breaking down the rules every episode, or right? I don't think we'd ever get to 10,000 downloads. Yeah, you, but- can't, you can't just keep bringing up market plumbing issues. I think just the, the name there represents how, how well taken that might be. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we, we want to stay in important topics that aren't necessarily securities regulation. Uh, and they're not always lighter topics. Sometimes they're very serious topics. And we've we've had a couple of episodes that I want to highlight in particular because I think they were great episodes where we were tackling some some difficult issues, but things that are important and people need to, to be thinking about and talking about. So the first one, uh, episode 20, back in September of, of 2020, we talked about legal recruiting in the time of COVID-19. And on that episode, we actually sat down and talked with several 3Ls and recent law school grads about their experiences looking for jobs during the pandemic and what challenges they faced and how difficult that was. We also talked with career counselors from the George Washington University Law School, from Howard Law, and from the University of Richmond School of Law to figure out how they were adapting to the pandemic, how they were helping students deal with everything from a, uh, a sort of tight, tighter job market to mm-hmm. Zoom interviews That's and, right. and etiquette, right? <laughs> it's sort of across the board. I have to say... I went into that one feeling like it was going to be a little bit depressing. And it turned out to be surprisingly uplifting. I mean, the students in particular just had such remarkably positive attitudes. You know, instead of bemoaning lost opportunities, they were shining a light on new opportunities or different opportunities. You know, we had people saying, hey, I'm on the East Coast, but I just interviewed for a job in Silicon Valley. That would have never happened five years ago. Um, And I mean, it's kind of what we were talking about at the top of the show, Chris. So I came away from that episode feeling great. And I actually think it's worth a listen now because even though things are getting back to normal, you know, there's a lot of summer programs returning to big law firms. I think a lot of the takeaways, certainly the attitudes are still very relevant. I would encourage people to listen. The other episode I want to highlight quickly is a more recent one. Um, on episode 37, 
We sat down with Kimberly Ellison Taylor, uh, formerly of Oracle and now with KET Solutions, a consulting firm she launched this year. And Jenna Garver, uh, who is a partner and former colleague of mine at the law firm Troutman Pepper, to talk about diversity and inclusion and more specifically about actionable steps we can take to promote diversity and inclusion in the accounting and legal professions. Our goal on that episode was just to to get out of the way, right? And let people who are real champions in the space give some practical advice to listeners about what they can do. And it is everything from helping people find opportunities to, you know, including people in your teams, speaking up for for folks. Sometimes that's all it is, is like, you know, be gracious and care about your coworkers. Yep. It's an awesome episode. I, I would commend it to any of our listeners who haven't tuned in. Uh, Chris, I don't know how, how you felt about those, but I think they're important topics. 100% agree. It's fun to talk about billions and it's and it's great to, you know, flit around what insider trading is or isn't. But I think that the episode on diversity and inclusion with with Kimberly and Jenna is, is something that I'm the most proud of in the 40 episodes that we've done. Yeah. It was 55 minutes of of me learning, right? Even though we had talked about the episode and what we were going to discuss uh, with the guests, it was something that I walked away from. You know, Maybe not I changed professional 100%, but a little bit better equipped to support those around me and, and to make room for all of the topics and ideas that maybe aren't aren't convenient uh, to to put into a, a billable hour or or yeah. a daily life to get there. The takeaway I took is, is something Kimberly said is if you say you are a supporter of diversity and inclusion or an ally or you know you've got all the bases covered, her phrase was what evidence is there to convict you? And that I think <laughs> sits well with the accounting and legal profession that we work in to say you know we've got uh, we've got to hold ourselves accountable and prove it. And and by presenting yeah. that evidence, right? I was. You know, I support is is one way to do that, but to go out in the world and, and to effectuate that change and to lead those efforts, um, I'm constantly thinking about how people can convict me of of being a better professional of of incorporating more DNI topics and, and thought into my work, and and I take that with me on a daily basis. It, like I said, the episode I'm probably most proud of that we've done so far. Yeah, I agree. Well, today's episode, Kurt, you know, we wanted to touch on a few of the things we've talked about over the past year and, and before the, uh, you know, the meat goes cold from coming off the grill uh, here on the 4th of July weekend. I wanted to remind <laughs> everybody about this new effort we're undertaking to get a formalized set of feedback from you all in our listener survey. So we'll be messaging out uh, to those of you who participated in the past or, or provided your contact information, uh, you know, a link for all of you to, to go on and fill out the survey again. We would love to have your candid feedback and, and what you see is great about the show, things you hope we, we could improve, uh, the, the appropriate number of Reg BI references in an individual episode that would help me on the editing side <laughs> uh, with some some process for that. But should only take five or 10 minutes to you to fill it out. Uh, please send it to your friends also who are interested in the episode. It's an easy open link on PLI's website. Uh, really looking for your feedback and to garner some interest from you all on, on how we can be better, how we can provide more content for you that's that's meaningful and hopefully insightful. And also, you know, if you've got other guests or recommendations for topics for us to cover, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Please uh, take a moment, fill out the survey, and we honestly will use it to make the show better. So we appreciate your your help and support. I think I'll, I'll speak on both of our behalfs, Kurt. And like usual, you can correct me when I overspeak. But, uh, you know, we're very, <laughs> very lucky to, to have come this far. 40 episodes, 10,000 downloads. That's not something that we ever thought we would get to. 
Uh, you know, maybe two years ago, we kind of kicked around this idea of what if we put a microphone in front of us instead of uh, Twitter accounts uh, and shared some of our insights. And and we're, we're super appreciative and, and very lucky to have all of you yeah. listening alongside us. So, you know, a little heartfelt thanks uh, over this long holiday weekend here in the States for you all. And, and hopefully the requisite holidays internationally for the other 62 countries that uh, we've had <laughs> listeners in. Um, you know, we're, we're very happy and, and we love doing it. Uh, hopefully you can hear that in our recordings as we're really having a good time talking about the things we're passionate about. And, and we wouldn't be able to do that without you guys listening. So we really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Insecurities Podcast. As always, we want to hear from you regarding your thoughts, comments, and topics for discussion on future episodes of Insecurities. Please use the hashtag InsecuritiesPod on Twitter or LinkedIn to join the conversation. You can find me at Ekimoff CPA. And I'm... <clears throat> and I'm at Enforce underscore Update. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Insecurities Podcast wherever you listen and be on the lookout for the survey for our listeners to populate. Be well, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Insecurities, a podcast from PLI, the Practicing Law Institute. PLI is a nonprofit provider of authoritative professional services training and continuing education. In an increasingly complex business environment where intricate corporate structures reign, insecurities can help you make sense of it all. A special thanks goes to the producer of insecurities, Daniel Pinitz, as well as host Chris Ekimoff and Kurt Wolf. For more information about PLI's SEC Institute or to view hundreds of hours of fresh and relevant on-demand programming covering changes within the security sector, visit pli.edu membership and sign up for a privileged membership. These recorded materials are designed for educational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal, audit, tax, consulting, business, financial, investment, or other professional advice, and it does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please consult a qualified professional advisor before taking any action based on the information herein. Furthermore, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individual participants. These views are not the views of the hosts or their employers. Users of this podcast may save and use the podcast only for personal or other non-commercial educational purposes. No other use, including without limitation, reproduction, retransmission, or editing of this podcast may be made without the prior written permission from PLI.